This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody, 24 hours out from a quiet national signing day for SMU as the Mustangs will sit pat as the 2021 class is now complete. So we're not going to spend too much time on that, but instead focus on some other recruits that SMU landed during this past month leading up to National Signing Day, and that is the transfers that are in for SMU, both on the roster and expected to arrive this summer. So, first of all, SMU really only had one target going into National Signing Day since the early signing period ended. That's Austin Uke, the Dallas Parish Episcopal four-star offensive tackle. We're finding out that things have faded there since he didn't sign early. And SMU is probably just, quite honestly, not really in the picture from what we're understanding. And so we wanted to spend some time and talk about the transfers. But first, I think it's important to kind of recap and cover uh, the biggest news I think that happened in the past week, and that is defensive line coach Randall Joyner heading off to Ole Miss to become the defensive line coach and run game coordinator for the Rebels. This was something that happened really over the course of four or five days uh, to kind of kick off last week when DJ Durkin, the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, reached out to Randall Joyner on behalf of Lane Kiffin over there and said, hey, we want you to come down and interview. And so Randall Joyner did just that. Things were looking like he was going to end up interviewing for LSU's open defensive line coach job. But quickly, things changed. Uh, an improved contract offer, a new title. Uh, it was a multi-year deal for Randall Joyner. He decides he's going to head to Oxford and try his hand at the SEC. And first of all, really happy for Randall Joyner. As, as some of you guys know, he and I played together briefly when I was on the SMU team back in 2010. And talking with a lot of the guys over the years, even on that team, you could see that Randall Joyner had it in him to be a college coach, to be a successful college coach. And after becoming a volunteer assistant at SMU, he ends up at Hawaii and then ends up at Ohio State. And from there, he was hired by SMU. And the rest is history. His units have really been, I think, some of the most well-coached at SMU. He's recruited the position extremely well, especially the last two years with Junior Ajo, Devere Levelston, uh, getting a grad transfer in Mike Williams, who uh, they're really hoping pans out in a big way this year. And then this 2021 class that is really impressive. Uh, he's done so much for SMU in his three years there. And now he gets to go to the SEC and gets a room that had a lot of turnover. They recruited that, that position with a lot of junior college guys. And uh, in this class, those ones are expected to factor in right away for him. Uh, he's comfortable with DJ Durkin. It's a it's a job where if he does really well or even just improves them dramatically uh, because Ole Miss hasn't really been accused of playing good defense uh, in, in quite some time now. And 
under Lane Kiffin with that offense, it's a difficult place to have good defenses without a doubt, kind of similar to, to SMU and a lot of these really high-powered offenses uh, across college football. So if he does really well there, he can move on and maybe become a defensive coordinator at SMU one day if there's an opening. I know he'd love to get back to Dallas at some point. Obviously, a ton of ties uh, with him in the program, um, being a former player and just having a lot of family up here in Dallas. And so he gets his opportunity to go to the SEC. Couldn't be happier for him. And um, SMU is on the hunt for a new defensive line coach. I think this is a position that, as we saw with Randall Joyner and Brett Dearson to an extent, you can get get this position and upgrade. Brett Dearson went on to be associate head coach, I believe, um, up there at, at Temple and um, you know got a promotion, so to speak. And then Randall Joyner goes to the SEC. And Sonny Dykes' staff is now starting to show what you can do when things are going well and SMU is not necessarily becoming this graveyard for coaches and we saw it we saw it kind of start with Chad Morris going to Arkansas and you can you know have your own takes on that but uh this is a this is a job now where you can be successful and you can move on and um move up in the coaching world and I think that's important when taking that into account for this defensive line job so when Sonny Dykes looks for his new defensive line coach I think he's going to have a good chance at finding someone with experience. I think with the group they have coming back, it'll be attractive to a lot of coaches. And I'm not sure whether he'll go group of five or whether he'll go like a veteran who, you know, is looking for a fresh start or maybe his staff uh, got, uh, you know, changed out at his previous stop at the power five ranks or what have you. But with the talent they have coming back, this is a very important hire, and especially for new defensive coordinator Jim Levitt. He's an aggressive coach, but he's also a linebacker's coach by trade, so you are looking for a true defensive line coach here to come in and continue what Randall Joyner has built. And this group, and Randall Joyner talked with us at Pony Stampede before he left about it with some of the stories we did last month that... He feels like it's a group that can take a similar jump like the 2018 group did to 2019. And so 2020 was a step back. They lost some key guys off of that 2019 group, and they brought in a lot of new faces. They had some uh, other guys step up, like Elijah Chapman and Turner Cox. And now it's time for them to take that next step and be probably the strongest group on the defense. I think the cornerback room has a chance to be, but... Right now, you have Armani Johnson and Brandon Crosley as your two guys there. Brian Massey stepping up, I think, as a sophomore, uh, or I guess I should say as a as a freshman still uh, because of the COVID eligibility rule. And so you have this defensive line group that has a ton of talent. Junior Ajo, Devere Levelston, I think, will emerge next year. Elijah Chapman will continue to develop. Uh, Turner Cox, Toby and Duckway. Gary Wiley, I think Nelson Paul could be poised for a big uh, second year or third third year, I should say, on campus um, or sec- second year um, on campus, maybe third year. I, I'm, I'm losing track of him for, for some reason. But anyway, they have a lot of familiar faces back that should allow them to emerge. And then you factor in some of the true freshmen if they can get it together, uh, like Jalen Samuels, Jaden Jones, Stone Ebby, uh, those guys uh, in the room and seeing how they can factor in right away uh, to the defensive line group. So I think they'll look to certainly find 
a uh, veteran defensive line coach. I think it's a job that uh, will demand that kind of interest uh, because of where Randall Joyner went, because of the group they have coming back. So I'm interested to see who Sonny Dykes hires. I've actually gotten a lot of texts uh, from coaches around the country, whether it be some graduate assistants looking to move up, whether it be uh, a couple of, uh, like I said, kind of uh, bigger name veteran defensive coaches that are looking to get their name in the door there. And again, looking for a fresh start or uh, saw their staff turnover at their previous school and what have you. So I don't think Sonny Dykes is in a rush. Uh, I know that shortly after National Sign Day, there's probably going to be another round of coaching changes. And that always seems to happen with some of these contracts where they run until you know mid-February, early March, and then they don't get retained or what have you. And so I think there's going to be some, some genuine strong interest in this job uh, that Randall Joyner has now left open. So we'll see where Sonny Dykes goes, but it'll be a big hire for the program. It's a position that has to be recruited well, continue to recruit it well. And Sonny Dykes has a lot to sell, I think, for this position. And uh, I think even some money to play around with. I know SMU made a relatively competitive offer uh, to keep Randall Joyner, multi-year deal. But ultimately, Ole Miss uh, just really, uh, for lack of a better term, ponied up and really wanted Randall Joyner as their guy. They recognized him as what he is, one of the bright young stars in coaching and a two-time 30 under 30 member and just hitting his prime, really. So good for Randall Joyner. Uh, SMU has a tall task to replace him, but I do think the interest there will be strong. So with that, let's take a quick break. And on the other side of this break, we're going to run through all the transfers on SMU's roster and the ones that are soon to be added to the roster over the summer. And we'll break down what's next uh, with the remaining spots available for scholarships as well. So we'll do that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder, guys, our 60% off annual subscriptions flash sale runs until Wednesday night at midnight. So be sure to check that out as you can get locked in on Pony Stampede for all the VIP content we've been running. Uh, No one uh, across the SMU beat has talked to SMU football coaches since the season ended. We have multiple interviews uh, that you can run back and check out once you subscribe. A lot of good stuff there from a lot of the coaches, and we'll continue to talk with them ahead of spring ball, uh, which is, you know, with all if all things go well, approaching over the next month or so. SMU has always hit the transfer portal pretty hard under Sonny Dykes and his staff, 
And this year is no different. And especially with the blanket one-time waiver that's expected to pass where everybody will be eligible. You also see some graduate transfers that they've mixed in. Uh, This has been a really strong stretch for SMU in the transfer portal addressing needs. I think one offense has certainly been the position or the group that's been addressed. No defensive transfers just yet, but they will do that uh, at some point. I think the the trio of positions I'm watching for the most part, and there's a fourth there on offense with a receiver potentially, uh, but defensive end is always one that they want to look for. Corner and then middle linebacker is another position with Mitch, with Richard McBride moving on that they'll want to look at. Um, but let's start with the transfers that are in, and let's lead off with a little bit of a, uh, a different approach. Blake Mazza, immediate graduate transfer, from Washington State, a 2019 Lou Groza Award finalist. This is a position where SMU has a young kicker that they really like and Brandon Hall coming in uh, as a true freshman. But Mazza will give them some time to develop him. He's really, really been good uh, over his time at uh, with the Cougars. And so he'll come in in the summer as a graduate transfer, eligible right away, and be able to factor in with that open kicking job and and allow Hall some time to progress. And maybe we see Brandon Hall do kickoffs or maybe we see him punt um, and compete for that job. But Mazza is somebody that uh, they circled right away and he's a Plano guy. And so good for them to get him in and address the kicker position, uh, which Sonny Dykes learned that uh, they're they're probably not going to go without a good kicker on the roster anymore. That's going to be a priority whenever they need to address it. And they're not going to miss opportunities to bring in quality talent there. Moving on, let's go to tight end, where SMU has brought in uh, three tight ends, and two of which, all three of them, excuse me, are now on campus for spring ball. And I want to start with the one that probably get gets the most notoriety: Grant Calcaterra, the Oklahoma tight end, uh, who's a graduate transfer. He sat out uh, this fall. He announced his return to football after some concussion issues. Uh, he's been cleared. He couldn't continue with Oklahoma due to him being medically redshirted and or medically retired, I should say. And so now he gets back in to college football. He's somebody they're really excited about. Uh, he's done a lot with Oklahoma. Uh, he was a former all big 12 performer early on in his career, a former four-star tight end that David grew uh, and Sonny Dykes recruited while they were at Cal He comes in, and I think he's the guy right away to watch as a starter at tight end. He's that type of a playmaker. Uh, They love his ability to move around the offense. Nolan Matthews is next up, the Arizona State tight end transfer. And he uh, is somebody that SMU recruited out of high school. They really liked, honestly, his pro potential uh, coming out of high school. And from talking with some people around the Arizona State program, that's still the expectations. He's got all the tools To be a pro, he was going to factor in once again to the tight end position. And so they get him on campus and ready to compete right away, a Frisco native uh, back in the state of Texas. Simon Gonzalez, an SMU recruit once again, uh, and and things did not work out at Texas Tech for him, Uh, whether it was the new coaching staff or just the fit or what have you. uh, He entered the transfer portal and really didn't do anything at at Texas Tech, but uh, they needed to upgrade the upgrade the depth at the position. Uh, They like his ability 
uh, to be kind of flexed out. He played a lot of wide receiver in high school uh, when he was coming out, and that's something that SMU really liked about him coming out of Magnolia West in the 2019 class. Uh, so he's got plenty of time left in his college career as well, which is good. So they've addressed the tight end position and really solidified it going forward. Kylan Granson off to the NFL, had a strong week at the Senior Bowl, and they needed competition there with Tommy McIntyre and Ben Redding uh, at that position. And they did just that. So they did a good job with the tight end position group. Josh Martin now has really plenty of options there to work with and different ones that can affect the offense uh, in a positive manner. Now you look at uh, Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback, and why didn't we start with him first? Well, you know what? I'm doing it a little bit differently, and he's the Oklahoma transfer that is a graduate transfer. He's got multiple years uh, left, and I think with Preston Stone coming in, it was a position where they needed to bring in a veteran, and this is one where they really trust, I think, their their intel on him. Garrett Riley's brother, Lincoln Riley, uh, gave them a lot of info on him, and he gets to come in right away, and I think he's probably your favorite to be the starter. Uh, he is uh, uh, somebody that's been really efficient in in some of his games with the Sooners and, and just you know, got passed over by uh, some Heisman Trophy winners uh, in his time at Oklahoma with Kylan, Kyler Murray and then a Heisman Trophy finalist in Jalen Hurts. And he comes from a winning program with the Sooners, and I think that is very important at that position because you had Shane Bouchel, who did a lot of good things at Texas, uh, certainly did a lot of good things at SMU, moves on to the NFL. Uh, but when you have the quarterback position in this offense, I think having, or any offense for that matter, having somebody who's a winner, having somebody who has played at uh, many, a, a lot of the highest levels of college football will really benefit this team as it looks to take its next step and compete for a conference championship. So Tanner Mordecai, who's kind of underrated as an athlete as well, that was one thing Garrett Riley told us at Pony Stampede. They liked about him a lot. He has the ability to, ex to extend plays. He can make, for the most part, all the throws. I think he's a little underrated when you look at all of the different transfer quarterbacks that were out there that SMU is kind of linked to. We saw Charlie Brewer, Jaquindon Jackson, uh, but Tanner Mordecai might be uh, this kind of underrated addition for this coaching staff at the quarterback position that can tutor Preston Stone, uh, continue to, to work with Derek Green, who's uh, the returning quarterback in the room uh, now that Terrence Gibson is off to Blinn Junior College. Uh, they needed to upgrade this position, and I, I think they did a good job with Tanner Mordecai. We'll we'll see how he transitions to SMU and fits into the offense, but all accounts that I've heard, they're really excited about him and what he can bring to the offense. And again, taking the offense to the next level uh, is something they feel like if he's the starter, he can do. And his efficiency was really, really strong at Oklahoma in his limited snaps. Uh, we'll see how he pans out at SMU, but I think with the receivers they have, with the tight ends, uh, running backs, with the whole offensive line back, uh, this is a uh, situation for Tanner Mordecai that could be really, really good. Uh, the former Waco Midway four-star quarterback coming to SMU, and he's on campus this spring as well, which is very important. Another one that is coming in this spring is Jordan Curley, wide receiver from Arizona State, somebody they recruited out of high school. Uh, and I think for the most part, 
uh, are really excited about his opportunities to compete at the slot position. Uh, they had some other guys that I think they were also looking at here, but his name surfaced as somebody that could have been brought in uh, over the summer. He's been in the transfer portal for a while now, uh, going back in this fall after opting out at a certain point uh, ahead of Arizona State season. Uh, he's from Austin, so another Texas kid coming back. But I think that slot position is where he fits best. They're going to really try to work him in there. And who knows, if he's if he is indeed immediately eligible, him being on, on campus this spring will, will help him a lot. It's a wide receiver room that needed a boost in, I think, competition and competitiveness. And that's what Jordan Curley brings. And uh, that's why they targeted him uh, so aggressively and wanted him to get on campus. They didn't want him to maybe get away uh, and find a school at the break. They, they brought him in at spring uh, for a reason. And so he's going to compete right away in that room as well. Two guys that are going to arrive this summer. Let's start with Trey Siggers, the North Texas running back, a graduate transfer with two years, kind of replaces Tameric Williams in terms of uh, the the pecking order of uh, age and 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 uh, you know status on the roster. And when you look at the running back group with the Ulysses Bentley, T.J. McDaniel, and Tyler Levine returning, as well as Monte Dawson and Brandon Epton coming into the fold. They needed somebody that wasn't going to demand 20 to 25 carries a game and, and want to be the man. That's not really how SMU has been operating. And Trey Siggers has had an up and down time at North Texas. He's broken out against SMU and made them look rather foolish on defense. Uh, he's coming off his, one of his better performances for the Mean Green in their bowl game where he led the team in rushing. And he's also dealt with a little bit of injury trouble uh, he, in that offense, hasn't been able to be as consistent as they probably would have liked, but they like his explosiveness. They like his ability to uh, add a uh, team first guy to the room. Uh, that was something that Trey told me when talking with him after his decision. He wants to win, and North Texas hasn't been doing a lot of that uh, as of late under Seth Luttrell, and so he transfers back to his hometown of Dallas uh, where he went to Duncanville High School and he'll get a chance now to compete for some carries right away. And uh, it's a good upgrade. I know some people might not be high on him, but Rashad Samples is, is I think, going to be thrilled uh, with him coming in, obviously with his ties to Duncanville, and certainly uh, his versatility. He can catch the ball a little bit um, and, and has that explosiveness. But I think the main thing when I watch some of his game tape from North Texas is his ability to fall forward for extra yards, to power through, to get north and south. That's something that SMU needed in the run game a little bit. And they missed it when when TJ McDaniel went down. Uh, they missed that ability to get those extra yards and be a little physical. And so while he's not incredibly big in stature, just 5'8", around 200 pounds, he's got that experience finishing runs. Um, and so I think he'll add something to the running back room that maybe they were missing in that group. And finally, Thalen Robinson, offensive tackle, from Missouri. Uh, he opted out this season uh, from uh, the Tigers team after playing in six games as a freshman. I think for him, getting back closer to home was important. I know he has some some family that he wanted to get back close to uh, at Arlington Bowie. He's far away from them at Missouri. So now he comes back to SMU, which recruited him pretty hard at a high school. And, and I think he's a player that with his size at 6'6", 315, could factor in right away at right guard, could factor in right away at right tackle. Uh, Bo Morris is returning, but Marcus Bryant, the 
uh, freshman who will be uh, back again as a freshman thanks to the COVID extra year of eligibility rule. Uh, they'll all battle. Justin Osborne, a transfer from last fall, will battle at right guard. Uh, there are uh, a lot of competitions that are going to be brewing along the offensive line this spring and into fall camp. And I think uh, Thalen Robinson is a terrific addition. He'll be here in the summer uh, for SMU, so he won't have the spring to compete. But uh, as we saw with Justin Osborne, when a good offensive lineman comes along, uh, they're not going to take too long to get him into action. I know Justin Osborne battled COVID and uh, had some family battling COVID when he first got here, so it took him a second. But I think that's an upgrade along the offensive line, uh, which now has uh, almost 20 scholarship offensive linemen. We'll see how things shake out with that group overall. I think you could see maybe some attrition after spring or, or you know, right before fall camp and, and guys get into school and then in, enter the transfer portal. And I think the staff is kind of preparing for that. I don't think you see much of it. But remember that after the 2021 season, Bo Morris is going to be gone, Hayden Howerton, Kobe Bryant. You could see others like uh, J- Jalen Thomas go to the NFL maybe. Uh, so they wanted to prepare themselves and make sure they had depth moving forward. And Thalen Robinson, who will be a uh, redshirt sophomore, I think, um, or he'll yeah he'll be a uh, he'll be a true sophomore in uh, 2021, I believe, uh, based on the the COVID rules because he played as a true freshman uh, and then opted out this year, so he could be a redshirt freshman again, I guess. But anyway, uh, he's going to be here for quite some time. They loved him out of high school. He's got that size. Um, anytime you're playing early as a freshman in the SEC, that's impressive. And so I think with him getting back closer to home was important. And now he'll be a key piece of the offensive line at some point in the future. So with that, guys, that was our breakdown of the transfers. Again, defensive end, linebacker, corner, wide receiver, all positions I think you could still see addressed. They still have spots to give, um, especially with the extra scholarships. So we'll see how they decide to use those going forward. But with that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Keep it locked on Pony Stampede for the latest, and we will check back in with another edition of the pod later this week. Thanks for listening.